All right, everybody, welcome to the High Quality Fun Podcast. Today we have an old neighbor of mine, Jacob, on. Uh, he's going to tell us about this adventure race that he did. Um, Jacob, Jacob and I used to live together, live next to each other in Michigan. Him and his wife moved next door, and uh, just having like a similar age person, similar, uh, you know, similar interests and whatnot, we, we kind of hit it off with them right away. And they now have moved out to Arkansas, which we are we are now at their apartment in Arkansas, just visiting them for the weekend. We, we loaded the kids up, did a 14, 15 hour drive all the way out here and just have been catching up and enjoying our time out here. Um, did I miss anything or did that kind of cover the, the little brief introduction of you? I think I think the part there that you missed was that loading up two uh, under two and a half. That's a lot of high quality fun right there. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, <laughs> It went really well, actually. Like, uh, we loaded up at one o'clock, and that kind of timed out with both their naps. And then we drove. They woke up, kind of fed them dinner. They were up for a few hours, and then I don't know. They kind of struggled to go back to sleep for their their main nap. And we ended up. What did we arrive at? Like three a.m. It was almost time. four. Pushing four. Pushing yeah. four a.m. Those last few hours were pretty brutal, but. Uh, you guys got a beautiful house here, and it's it's been very accommodating to be able to throw the girls in different rooms and sleep and whatever, and uh, y'all have been very helpful with them out here, so definitely a little bit of a home away from home being able to come out here, and now we get to catch up. Yeah, um, let's do it. Yeah, so you did this adventure race out here, and I have purposely not wanted to hear anything about this. I know, like, the very basis of it but it sounds like this was like a cool thing you volunteered for that potentially sucked ass um so yeah just tell me everything about it how you heard about it and uh maybe you can go into like you know what, what led you to this why why was this fun for you yeah yeah it was a time for sure um but i'll start with just talking through some of what led me to initially like being interested in this adventure race and then ultimately like deciding to go forward with it so uh this was probably back uh several years ago when i was in college uh a number of my buddies had started getting into road racing like whether it be uh, most of them started with half marathons and then uh some of them started to get into like doing full marathons and i kind of thought to myself like you know holy shit like my buddies are, are doing these types of things that like I'd, I'd never known anybody who'd ran a marathon before, or like it was somebody who I knew that was maybe like crazy, crazy fit. But learning that some of my buddies uh, in college were doing this, I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, you guys, like, I, I feel like you're struggling to get to class because you're too hungover for the night from, from the night before. But, uh, but sure enough, they'd managed and it really kind of gave me a bit of a bug. And so Decided to sign up for my first half marathon. This would have been in uh, the fall of 2018. Ran my first one. And it was just like such an incredible experience. Uh, You know, first of all, through the training, like really saw a lot of like positive body transformation. But then also like that, that feeling that I got when I finished, like it was unlike anything that I'd ever felt before. Like even like playing competitive sports, uh, like, you know, earlier on in high school, like it was just a sense of accomplishment that I had never achieved before in my life. And so like immediately after that, I was hooked. Like, you know, I I knew then that there would be a future for me to be uh, competitive athletically. 
you know, beyond what I thought might have like essentially ended when I was in high school. And so what did you, uh, what sports did you do in high school? So you didn't have really a running background, but you know, when I met you, it was after 2018 and you know, you were already really into running at that point. So, um, yeah. What'd you do in high school that this was so new for? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I grew up, um, with football being my primary sport. However, when I was a freshman in high school, I sustained an injury to my knee the very last game of the season. Uh, this is like essentially a break of like the head of my femur. And so that, that had me out for uh, a few months, excuse me. Um, and then as we began training then, like once I recovered from my knee injury, we began training uh, with weights for the next season in the spring. And I actually, sustained a stress fracture to my L5 uh, vertebrae. And so it was after that that I just decided, you know what, this is taking too much of a toll on my body. I'm too young for this. And I decided to uh, essentially uh, leave football behind and then just focus on swimming. So like truly could not have been further from a running background with (laughs) the vast majority of like how I'd been competed um, athletically all throughout high school. So quite a big change. Like I'd always been decently athletic, was was an okay runner, but the idea of long distance running was never something that had crossed my mind, never something that was, uh, you know, interesting to me until, yeah, you know, college came and my buddy started doing this. And I'm like, okay, like if they can do it, I can do it too. I did cross country in, in high school and track and I swam as well. And I still have not done a marathon. I signed up to run one and in my training ran a half marathon. Uh, and then just because my buddies at the time weren't running with me, I just said, I'm not doing this by myself. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've already kind of planted the seed. Maybe if I say it out loud on air, then uh, I have to go forward with it. But I'm going to try to do one in May. It's been like a bucket list goal of mine. But um, but anyways, carry on with your story. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, it really is like you know, totally different level of, of accomplishment to, to finish one of those. And, you know, even my experience with a marathon was a little bit tainted because I had signed up to run my first one. This would have been in May of 2020. Well, you know, everybody knows what happened in spring of 2020. <laughs> and at that point I was like deep, deep into my training where, you know, I'm going and doing like, you know, I, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm doing like 16, 17, 18 mile runs. And uh, my brother and I had actually signed up to run this marathon together. And we both just collectively agreed that, you know, regardless of what happens, whether the race is you know still on or not, we are going to run a marathon. Like we are going to make sure that we can cross that, you know, line out in our bucket list of saying, yes, we, we ran 26.2 miles. So the race ended up being canceled lo and behold. And, uh, we, we decided then to just do a third or excuse me. It was a, it was about a two mile lap, uh, in my parents' neighborhood (laughs) that we were going to run approximately 13 times. And like, it sounds horrible. And, and it was like, Oh my gosh, it was, it was, I shouldn't say like totally terrible because there was a high, a lot of high quality fun in, in that too. But, uh, We'll have to save all that for another podcast, but um, I feel like I lost count <laughs> on the track running two miles. I can't imagine doing just like a, a two mile loop. We call the sack thirteen times. You know, it, it was so 
it did not make for a great race experience, but it was a strategic choice to make sure that like, you know, if we got injured or like mm-hmm. had some sort of issue, we would always loop back around. Uh, we were actually, we did this at my parents' house. Um, but like we would always, every two miles have access to like water or like some food bathroom. or first aid bathroom. Exactly. You know, because we didn't want to do some crazy, uh, course where we would do like, yeah, you know, a, a giant loop, uh, throughout the city that we were living in or, uh, like, you know, something like out and back or anything like that. So yeah, we did that. We did the two mile loop. It was grueling, but, uh, we got it done. We got it done. And so it was actually, uh, during that training for the marathon, when I first learned about adventure racing, I remember, so I was living in Ohio at the time. That's also where uh, my, my parents live. That's where my, my brother and I did our marathon. And it was uh, during the winter and I was doing some running on the treadmill and I decided, yeah, <laughs> not the most fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I think I had, it, it was on Amazon prime video and I had found this uh, video series called the world's toughest race. And I'm thinking like, Oh wow. Like, you know, that's kind of neat. Like, you know, very much, uh, on, on like on the same theme of a lot of what I'm thinking about what mm-hmm. I'm doing, training for this marathon. And so I throw this on and it was, uh, the show for those who haven't seen it, it was a, like a mini series of these, I, I think it was roughly like, there might have been 50 different teams from countries all over the world who were competing in this multi-day uh, race covering hundreds of miles that was you know, essentially focused on um, like mountain biking, trail running, or like trekking, traversing, um, and then like some water element as well. There were other pieces uh, that, that the folks in that show had competed in like you know, repelling like up a waterfall or down a cliff or something like that. So some of the stuff that they did was pretty extreme, but like, I remember watching it and just thinking like, holy cow, like that would be something so cool to do someday. And, you know, like, again, my environment at this time, it's probably January. I'm in Northwest Ohio and there is nothing in terms of like any sort of elevation in Northwest Ohio or, you know, not really much else elevation where I could do things like this, uh, you know, anywhere around me. And so it was just kind of like, a, you know, pipe dream at the time, like, oh, yeah, you know, something like that would be would be really, really neat to do. And, um, you know, then we fast forward four years later and my wife and I are living in Arkansas, mountain bike capital of the world. And Is it really of the world. Uh, self-proclaimed. Okay, okay. Self-proclaimed mountain bike capital of the world. Now, that is not meant to take away any credit from what they've been able to build up in this area because it really is uh, incredible. Um, you know, you got to check it out for the first time yesterday. We went out Um, yesterday. What was the the park called? We were at Slaughter Pen. um, Which is in, uh... Mountain Bike Parks. And that's in Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah, they had, like... I don't know. They had training courses for dropping, so you could, you know, jump on this ramp and practice falling off a cliff safely. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but I thought that was pretty cool. They had pump tracks. They had like paved downhill courses where you're literally just riding bends and berms. And um, I like mountain biking, but I don't get to go a lot. Uh, we have decent trails in Michigan, and it, it was cool. It was really cool what they were building and what they had built out there. 
Um, definitely intimidating. Uh, didn't get hurt, so that's good. Yeah. Hopefully, while I'm still out here, we get a chance to go and do, you know, something again. I know he's got a, a trail right up the road here that's, that's not as wild, but I don't know, just a just a fun sport. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so incredible here to see the amount of just like time and investment that the area puts into these trails. Because I was telling Tyler when we were out that uh, like even in some of the most popular spots, like the most heavily traversed areas of the mountain bike park, like we saw multiple new, new trails under construction that, you know, weren't there two weeks ago. they were not there two weeks ago, the last time that I was out. So just really incredible to see. Um, but, uh, but yeah, back to, you know, like ultimately doing this, this adventure race. So um, this would have been, Probably up about exactly a year ago, it would have been like you know, like in the fall of twenty twenty two, and I remember scrolling through Facebook and seeing something about this adventure Ozark race, and I'm thinking like, huh, like that's interesting. Like let's check it out. And uh, yeah, ultimately, what it was was a more like low-key version of a bigger race that was called Expedition Ozark, which actually had some of the teams here competing in a five-day adventure race that were included in that World's Toughest Race documentary. Okay. So, like, <laughs> like, like at the end of everything, like, I actually got to, like, see some of these people. I like got to chat with them a little bit. Um, like, some of these same teams that were competing in this uh, documentary that I had watched about adventure racing, like, four years before. So... Really cool to like come full circle there, but um, but anyways, uh, this adventure Ozark was a like a uh, a light version of the expedition Ozark, if you will, and it was something where you could sign up. Uh, you had so you had to sign up as a team. Like this is not a uh, this is not a solo sport or endeavor, just because like it, it really would be too dangerous to go and try to do something like this by yourself, uh, because like. It's, it, it's a lot of, it's a big time commitment. Like, you know, it's some, it's some elements, like you're pretty remote and, uh, um, like you just need that support from at least one other person to, to be with you when you're doing something like this. And my buddy, uh, Brendan, who I work with, I met him. Um, why don't you, why don't you when, explain what the, the, like, what was the event? Cause, hmm. uh, right now I'm, I'm still a little clueless to what it was, sure. but I know there's like three type go ahead just go ahead and explain yeah it. yeah so and then obviously we want to hear about brendan the the race itself like you know so this would have been back when i first when i first heard about it um i saw that it would be oh my gosh how was it described it was pretty vague in terms of the amount of distance <laughs> that would be covered i think it said like approximately 40 miles of mountain biking trail running and uh paddling and so, like, we knew, uh, uh, they actually did even provide some splits for, like, roughly what to expect. So, I think it was 26 miles of mountain biking, okay. 10 miles of trail running, and then four miles of uh, canoeing. canoeing. Yep. Uh, so, we kind of had an idea for what we were getting ourselves into. However, in the spirit of the adventure race, the rest of the information that was available was minimal at best they gave a list of required gear that was literally like scrolling through multiple pages 
on my phone. I'm thinking like, holy shit, like, <laughs> how am I even going to carry all of this stuff? But it ultimately, it's like the reason they require it is back to the fact that like in some of these situations, you are pretty remote and like you just have to be able to like essentially like survive if like something were to happen and you like, you know, get stranded. So like, you know, we had to bring things like, um, like wool jackets, wool hats. We needed to have a thermal blanket. We needed a whistle, a compass, not a surprise there with the compass, but, uh, like truly a lot of like survival gear was required. We also had to, uh, one of the other things that we needed to purchase was a, a UTM tool for like plotting coordinates on a map. Oh, like a GPS, yes. uh, off, yes. off the grid GPS. Like, okay. I've never done anything like this before. Like I remember even like the night before looking up YouTube videos on how exactly to use this thing because again, like we just didn't know like, we used the full one, extent of what we were getting ourselves into. We used one on an elk hunt I went on and it was, it was, it was like simple to use, but it like, it's so disconnected from the world. It's like hard to fully understand mm-hmm. how to use this thing. I don't know. Now it's not intuitive since we're so used to our phone just being able to pull right. up a map and everything. Right. At this point, did they tell you that you had eight hours to finish it, or did you find that out later? We we knew that eight hours would be the maximal time that we would have to complete the race. And it, so you literally did not win if you did not beat it in eight hours. So the way that scoring ended up working was you a were combination a combination of how many checkpoints. Because that was another element of the race. Like there was, oh, excuse me, no set course, nothing like that. Like we knew a general area that we would be in, but, um, like the way that it was laid out was we got there like morning of, and we were handed like basically a general map of the, I mean, it's probably like at least 50 square miles of territory covered on this map. So that way we'd have like a general idea of where we were at Hmm. and then a sheet full of hints that would give you a clue to where you could find the next checkpoint. And like, you know, again, like most of this stuff we were finding out the morning of the race. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, really did not know what we were getting ourselves into, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, quickly fell into place about, uh, an hour before we went off on this thing. Yeah. So let, uh, tell me, tell me about the guy you did it with a little bit and then why don't we, I mean, why don't we just dive into it and you can, you can just tell yeah. me how the day tell went. About the race. Yeah. Um, if there's more to talk about with the prep, it sounds like you were literally just given the laundry list and you, you kind of showed up to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my buddy who I did it with, uh, his name was Brendan and he's a guy who, uh, he and his wife actually moved here uh, only about a month before Patricia and I did. So, uh, he also was working, he also works for the same company that I do. And so it was like right off the bat, like similar in age, like kind of a similar situation. Uh, we like hit it off and he actually been mountain biking for a long time. And like he moved here actually for the mountain biking. Okay. Like that was a, like, that was really like his main driver for getting to this area for us. It has ended up just being like a a perk that I've been able to benefit from. But, um, like he and I had been getting out on the bike for a long time. Uh, he really got me into it, and uh, it was when when I saw when I came across this race, I sent it right to him, and he's like, "Oh hell yeah, man, I'm in." I'm in. <laughs> he uh, he's not a runner though, uh, and so he's like, 
I, I'm gonna have to do some training to get ready for the run there, but like bike, like we're on it, like we got that. And uh, anyways, you know, he's like, I can remember we're we're texting each other back and forth, like in the days leading up to the uh, leading up to the race. You know, just thinking like, okay, like you know, you bringing this, I'm bringing this, like just making sure that we have all the gear that's required, and then even like kind of just like we had like a continuous message flow going of the places where we expected we would be going during this adventure race. Because like another thing that was required was, was a headlamp. And we're thinking like, Oh my God, like they're going to send us underground. Like where in the <laughs> world are we going to go underground? So we'll get to that in a minute. Oh but, God. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So the day of the event, it was, it was a little bit different in that, um, we had to get there super early, uh, you know, just to be able to like receive all of our instructions for the day and the rest of, you know, like these maps that they gave us. Whereas like in, in many of the races that I've done in the past, you know, it's like with a road race, you basically just like show up, get to the front of the line before uh, the race starts. And then, you know, as soon as your group goes or the gun goes, uh, you know, you're off. Whereas with this, we had almost... I think it was about an hour and a half worth of prep prior to the race even oh beginning. God. And some of that included time where it was after we'd received our map, after we'd received our, our uh, like little hint sheet, where we had about, it was probably about 30 minutes where each team could then go and like read through the list of hints and look at the map. Did you get the hints prior? Only, you know, 30 minutes okay. before we started. Okay. So like... Everybody was like blind in, in that sense, but then they gave us about another like 30 minutes there to like go through the hints, uh, look at the map, and kind of like essentially plot our course for like it was basically time to strategize for how you wanted to hit each of the checkpoints. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there were some limits to how you could do that because like the way that the race was set up was like maybe checkpoints one through four for example like they would be highlighted with the same color and that meant that like that section was just for running or maybe like the you know the next set would be just for biking and then there was one section that was just for canoeing so essentially what it did was it created some structure and some flow to how you would need to be pursuing these checkpoints. So you could do one through four in any order, but you would do one through four, then five through Exactly, eight. exactly. Okay. So you could not go, you know, run to checkpoint one, run to checkpoint two, and then try to bike to checkpoint five. Okay. You would have to complete, like, each leg and knock all of them out before you could proceed into, like, the next, uh, before you could transition, like, okay. whatever your mode of transportation was. So... Anyways, um, yeah, like it's, it's really just kind of like frantic and, you know, people are running around. It was, it was wild because it was, uh, it was a morning when it was pretty cold out here in yeah, Arkansas. What time did you start? So the start time was 9am, but like it was before 7am, like when, when, when we got there. there and like started getting all this stuff and like, you know, getting briefed on everything, like with regard to what we should expect. But, uh, um, anyways, we, uh. Or I was going to say, um, like at the beginning, you know, like it's not like you have a table or a desk or something that you can use to, you know, like lay out everything and like, you know, start to like have everything organized and, you know, map this all out. It's literally just like people 
gathered around each other, like uh, a truck bed or, or, or like just like on the ground, just like <laughs> on the cement, like drawing on you know, like their maps and whatnot. Another element of this that I should point out was that uh, so again in spirit of adv- adventure racing, no phones allowed. So oh, okay, each team was required to have at least one phone just in case of an emergency, emergency something like that. But anybody who carried a phone, they had a special bag that you'd have to place your phone in, and then they would seal it. Oh, so uh, if you, you broke know, just the to, seal, they would know that yeah, you cheated yeah, or something. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So it was their way to keep people honest. But anyways, um, you know that that was like kind of all of what went into the beginning of it, and uh, it was then right about nine a.m. Like, shot the gun and we're off. And so everybody started at one time. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you, yeah, let me just understand a little bit of this. You both had to bring a bike. You both had shoot, like running, whatever. Yep. You had a, probably a whole hiking bag full of all yep. of your stuff. And then, like, I can't imagine you're carrying a canoe around. Did you just leave the canoe at a location and you came back and got it? So with the canoe, it was a situation where there was only basically two transitions with the canoe. And the race team provided the canoe. So, okay, like we, the, the canoe portion was about mid-race. And we were able to like drop our bikes off, get in the canoe, do the canoe portions, and then drop the canoe off, pick our bikes back up, and be on our way. Okay. And I'm sure you'll talk more about that yeah. later. Yeah. But I was, I was curious about that. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't want to like derail it and ruin anything. So just no, you're good. No, so and you, so you did start with everyone though. Like it, yeah, it was a everybody. Race. Everybody starts at the same time. Hmm. You could have been heading in the same direction or like, you're, was there? There was no car element to this, right? No. So you're okay. Go ahead. And it was, you know, it was so funny. Was that at the beginning, um, most of the teams knew that like all of these. So we started off on foot. And all of the teams knew that the uh, first, like, it was like four or five checkpoints would all be, like, fairly close to where we started. So it was like, as soon as we began, it was like everybody scattered, like, running in different <laughs> directions. And what was, what was also really funny about it was that, um, so the race was, like, you know, starting and finishing in downtown Bentonville, Arkansas. And so, like, you know, it's, it's a regular... Um, you're in the city. Sunday morning. And, like, you know, there are people out, like, going to church, going to brunch, <laughs> breakfast, whatever. And there's, like, these racers just, like, sprinting, like, you know, cutting across the street, cutting across the lawns in town, just people running everywhere. And uh, it was just, like, such a frantic start to the race. But uh, each team had their, like, their own strategy for how they were going to be collecting checkpoints. And, um, like, you know, one of the things that was funny was... Like, you, you had a rough idea of where to find each checkpoint, but then, like, each checkpoint then was really not all that easy to see because the way that they had done it was just put this little, like, it almost looked like a box lantern um, or, like, a like a Chinese lantern sort of thing okay. that they would, like, either hang from somewhere or sometimes it was just, like, put on the ground and it, you had a, uh, there was a little, like, punch... Uh, puncher that was attached like a to a hole it. puncher that, yeah like a yeah. hole puncher that had a specific design and then you also had a punch card that's that, how that like, corn man was that i was talking about you literally so, got like a moon punch yeah and, yeah. yeah and uh so anyways like we get through the first portion there like things are good uh get to the bikes we're moving and um 
it was it was pretty hectic at the beginning because again like you know you just started like the teams are all like so like closely condensed to one another with regard to like how they're pacing because like you know everybody's wanting to start off hot and like you know for the most part like a lot of the teams had like seen that the best strategy would be to follow the checkpoints like in a certain way and so like it resulted in a lot of like groups moving together okay. and uh like it was just like one after the other like sometimes there'd be a line of a couple different people like at each checkpoint but anyways we uh was this the running element or like the both both truly so like there was some of this in like the first running portion of it and then this sort of like theme of like people kind of like staying together like one after the other like oh like they know where the next checkpoint is like let's follow them it just kind of like created this like uh like chain effect of other people doing the same thing just like follow the leader but um you know the first like probably hour hour and a half or so it was a lot like this where people are all moving together and whatnot but then uh like i remember this was when we were trans or uh the, the are you bike carrying portion. your bike with you this whole time? Or? No, no. Okay. So, like, during the run portions, we would get the bikes to a place where they'd call it a transition area. Okay. So, like, we could leave our bikes, go run, and then we would come back to the bikes and, like, get back on them. Okay, um, but you started with it and you had to go drop it off. It was already dropped off before Got the race. It. I okay. should have mentioned that. Okay. Um. But, uh, no, so, like, the first big, like snafu here the race was so my buddy and i we are the, the this portion of the race we are leaving bentonville and traveling north into the next town that was called bella vista and we thought we could take this one bypass that would be a shortcut compared to the route that many of the other people were taking and we're going like we are cooking down this trail thinking you know we're gonna like we're just the smartest guys ever gonna cut off all these people and we get to a roadblock where like like construction literally would not allow us to pass any further on this trail and like it was not even a situation of like oh like you know you just go like mountain bike around it or walk around it like physically like it was like a highway like divide like like they just had not built a trail that could like go around it yet and so we quite literally found ourselves in a position where we either would have to like, you know, turn our bikes around and bike probably at least a mile back oh my gosh. Um, to get back on the trail where everybody else was going. Or we could we could jump into this creek, hike across the creek, and then there was about a, oh my gosh, like the bank of it was huge, probably eight feet tall, and uh, get to the next trail over there where everybody else was. Because ultimately, like, we saw a bunch of people as we were riding down our trail, they were on the other trail and, um, like, you know, so we knew where they were and it was really just this like little Creek that had separated us. And so we're like, we're, we're, we're going the Creek route. Like it's going to take us way too much time if we have to go and bike back. And so he and I end up like, we literally are, are putting our bikes. Like we're trying to like carry them over our shoulders, hiking through the water already. And we're like, motherfucker, like, how did this happen already? Like so early into this race. Yeah. How We're far are you to do this? How far are you into the race at this point? Uh, probably like an hour, an hour ish. Um, this was probably in route to like checkpoint 10 ish of, of about 30. Okay. And, uh, 
anyways, like, you know, we, we get through this, this Creek and that wasn't even the, the hard part. The hard part was climbing back out because it was like the way that the land was laid out. We could walk in on the side where we were, but then we, we had to like climb up this big embankment to get back up and get to the other trail. And surely enough, we did it. Um, I don't know how, like neither of us fell, but, uh, was there we, stuff to grab it. onto, or are you just like hoisting each other up on this? No, like there were like some roots and some rocks, okay, so okay. Like, that made it a little bit easier. But uh, like immediately, you know, coming from a position where like we were cooking at the start of this race, like we were like you know probably one of the furthest people ahead at this point to then have that big of a setback was like shit. Like all right, what do we got to do to fix this? And so we get back on the bike, and we knew that the next portion would be a really bike heavy section of the race, which, which like, was your strong point. I had good biking legs and that was where my buddy was really going to shine. Right. And so like <clears throat> we knew that we'd be able to rely on that at some point here later, uh, throughout the rest of the race. And I'm uh, just imagining that you like, you're still kind of riding with everybody. And so you keep getting glances at each other throughout this. And all of a sudden they see you soaking from stop. head to toe and just wondering like, <laughs> I have no idea what happened yeah. to them, but we're ahead of them. Let's keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I With remember. a sense of defeat on both your faces. I, I remember like throughout our time riding there, like there were some people who were kind of yelling and we just, we didn't think much of it at the time. And <laughs> trying to warn you. Yeah. And oh my God. Like surely enough. Yeah. It, it screwed us. But, uh, but anyways, like, you know, we weren't going to let that, uh, you know, ruin the rest of our day and. We got up, kept moving, and uh, yeah, the, the next the next few sections they were um, during some portions of the bike where it was a lot of like just grueling like uphill trail riding, and it was actually some trails that I'd ridden before, and like when my buddy and I hopped out on it, he and I had actually ridden this together, but we knew that like this next part was gonna suck. However. If it was going to suck for us, like, you know, we were in pretty good biking shape. We knew mm -hmm. that this would be a heck of a lot worse for a bunch of other people. And so, like, it was it was freaking terrible. It was grueling. Like, I remember at one point, like, getting up, like, the last portion of, like, one of these little hills. And, like, I got probably the worst cramp I've ever had in my life in my, in my left calf. And, like, it was something so bad where, like, I almost fell off my bike because, like, I just – I had to hop off and – like go stretch it stretch and it I just up. like ditched the bike immediately. But uh, like it was really tough here, but we started to make up some ground okay. and it really, uh, really helped us like start to get out ahead of some people. And uh, are you climbing like, over roots and everything on this oh, up, yeah. uphill or is it, it is pretty steady flat? This, so at this point, smooth? at this point we are, we are like in the heart of Bella Vista, which in this area, like, there's some there's some pretty tough riding out there because it's all like really pure cross country riding and with that it's a lot of like you know there's a bunch of like rolling hills and the trails are all weather trails out there so meaning that like most of the trails are um, like pretty rocky um, it's not so much dirt as you find like you know, here in like some of the trails in Fayetteville where I live or even up in uh, like Slaughter Pen in Bentonville, most of those trails are like nice and packed dirt, but up in Bella Vista, it's all rock and there's a lot of climbing 
it's uh it's super pretty it's a lot more like you're really immersing yourself in nature but like it definitely demands a heightened level of physical fitness okay. to ride that kind of and stuff. And that gets really like technical. You got to yes. maneuver around the roots and stuff. It's not yes. just, it's not just the calf, mu- the leg muscles to get up the hill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So like we're, we're, we're starting to, to make up some ground here and things are going well. And uh, like just a little side note here. One of the things that was required for every team was they had to have, food like bringing food was, was a requirement to okay. just like make sure that like like you have energy to continue the race because like if you're out there for eight hours moving the whole time like your body is you know just it's gonna re- like take everything that yeah, you give it yeah. and like I, you know it was funny at, at this point it was shortly after we had finished this particular section of the bike we got up into another like trail running portion and at this point we're a couple hours into the race and my buddy is like dude we got to eat and like i'm, I'm kind of pushing back i'm like ah like i'm not that hungry right now like i had You're just on still going. i had just like taken like a little goo packet like yep. have you ever seen yep. those um and, like i was feeling fine he's like no nah, like we should at least eat something now because if we don't like it could be bad and i will draw back to my my marathon day here uh so when, when my brother and I did our marathon in Ohio, I cooked for like the first about 20 miles, like was running at a pretty good pace, like felt amazing. But then those last like six, seven miles, absolutely brutal. And I realized after the fact, I didn't eat anything during the race. Mm-hmm. And so like, it was a situation where like the reason that the, that those last several miles of the marathon were so bad it wasn't necessarily because I wasn't physically capable or like physically in shape to do it. My body just ran out of energy. And like, given that I had that awareness and that learning already, as my buddy's telling me this, I'm like thinking back to, to, you know, those last several miles of the marathon. I'm like, okay, I don't want that to happen again. Fine. Like let's get something to eat. And I, uh, I had taken it upon me to, make us some lunch to have while we were out there during this adventure race. So it's like, uh, at this point it's probably like, yeah, like 1130, maybe 12 PM. And it was burritos that I decided to, to make for us. And so like I pull out two burritos from the backpack and we are like, okay, like, you know, let's just keep moving. Like we can, we can, we can hike or like, you know, basically like we can trail run and eat. And so we're there just like trucking along, like, eating burritos and uh i think we each had maybe like half of it and we were like okay like that's probably good for now like let's save the rest and so like it was just funny like having that visual of my buddy like right behind me like running along like just eating a burrito it's like what is this here like like you don't ever see people doing this but anyways it's just funny to watch so uh we eventually then get to the kayak or excuse me not the kayak but the canoe canoe portion of the race and uh so did you complete this was like the last bit then you're at your last no no so this this actually was only like the middle part of the race oh okay because you had some other transitions back yeah there were multiple others that i i I didn't want to get into just like not as exciting but uh when we got to the canoe portion this was a time when like it had been a little while after we made it through that really grueling section of the bike and 
like at that, like it, it was shortly after that. And like when we were doing the, the running while eating burritos where there was really nobody else around us. Like we did not see any other like race competitors or like teams for maybe how like many, a couple miles. How many people signed up? I'm, like that might be worth knowing. Yeah. Yeah. So total entries for the race, there were about 50 teams Okay. and teams ranged in size of two to four people. Oh, you got more. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But in he and I's case, like it was just the two of us who would want to do it. So we signed up as a team of two. Okay. If you had four, did they give you two canoes? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I should also mention too, like one of the one of the elements of the race was that, given it was a team format, like in order to make like gathering checkpoints fair, each team member had to stay within a hundred feet of one another throughout all times during the race. Okay. So you couldn't like send people out to like divide and conquer and go uh, grab like, yeah, that you know, dirty. punches at the checkpoints. Yep. So like y'all had to stay together throughout the whole time. But, um, but anyways, we, we got to the canoe portion and there was two bikes there. There's all these canoes and two bikes there ahead of us. And we're like, wait, what the hell is this? Like, where is everybody? Like, what's going on? And there were some race officials right there, and they're like, "You're in second. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like, like you gotta keep moving." And we're like, "No thinking. Go, we're go, like, go. Holy shit! Like, my God, second place. Like, okay." And like, we could see the people who you know were obviously then in first, right ahead of us, oh. and we're then like, "Shit! Like, we gotta, we gotta get going here throughout this canoe portion." And this what, honestly, what was like the age group of everyone that was going there? Like, was this group ahead of you similar age? So they were a little bit older, actually. It okay. was it was uh, it was a father son duo. Ah, the the cool. son was a little. I'd say he's probably a little bit older than us. Um, so I'm 27. This guy might have been 30, okay. and then his dad was competing with him too. That's um, cool. These guys also, I remember old seeing man them. smoking you. Yeah. Uh, well, and what was really crazy was. I remember when we were doing the really grueling portion of the bike, these guys, I think were right in front of us. Mm. There were like, there were several of us doing this together. Um, or like that really tough part of the bike together. Uh, and I remember seeing them and just like watching this older man go and like, he wasn't even in like great shape or anything like, or at least like looking at him, you would not think that this man could move as fast as he did or like was as strong or as fit as he actually was. But, uh, yeah, the deceiving dad bod. Yeah. Like it, it was like the perfect, the prime example of the capability of, of <laughs> what a man can do despite having a dad bod. Um, but anyways, yeah. So we're then, we're then out there in the canoe and we, we knew that this was going to be a portion where, it would be a little bit tough because like, you know, a lot of people have been in a canoe before, but like being in a canoe for four miles and this is out on a lake. So like almost like open water. So it's not like you got like a current that'll help take you anywhere. Uh, you know, we weren't, we weren't fighting a current either, but you know, four miles in a canoe, that, that was going to be a long, a long way. And, and you probably didn't we, do anything to practice for that either. I, right? I did some like rowing, like on the, the rowing. Okay. But that was about the extent of it, which like really, if you think about it, like, you know, when you're rowing in a canoe, like it's much more like, like your core, your back. And then like, like all throughout, uh, like your kind of thoracic spine region, but on the rower, like 
you can get some of it like in your upper yeah. back maybe it was not a great translation but figured it was better than nothing yeah so okay. we uh we go like get all of our four checkpoints it was like a total of four checkpoints that we had to get out on this lake and we uh you know we go and the the team that was in first place like they were a decent ways out ahead of us and because unfortunately they had gained on us uh during the the canoe portion just further into show you know dad bod wasn't messing around uh, but um like also too while we were out there on the canoe that was when we started to see all the rest of the teams and it was a pretty neat feeling you know like to have them all behind us mm. uh like during this race you know after we had already had this massive mistake where like we thought we were totally screwed like basically from the beginning because of like the whole like misjudgment on like where to go for the bike. Uh, but anyways, um, like things were, things were moving well. And, uh, so we finished, uh, we finished the canoe portion, get back on the bike. And then the next portion, we knew that we were going to like a cave and we found out in doing some research, um, prior to the event, there was this old 1950s like cavern uh or i should say like it was it was actually a bar from the 50s like in a like underground cavern up in the bella vista area and like we like That's did some bizarre. research like uh learned a little bit about it and uh like evidently it had been closed for years like even some of the people who we work with they had mentioned that like you know, they'd heard about it there was actually one guy who told us he'd been in it before but like even talking with some other people who are from the area they're like like i remember having a conversation with like i think somebody who cut my hair and she had told me like dude there's no way you're going in that like, like you know we heard about what kids did in there like back in high school and like it's gross like there's no way the race is going to take you there well lo and behold we show up to this cave and like it actually like they had this big like it was all sealed but they had opened it up with like this big steel door and like it was like holy shit like you know you're putting your your headlamp on and like descending down underground into this cave and i thought the headlight that i had was was decent literally could not see shit down there oh my like god it was unbelievable like i like to like you know feel like you've seen like dark before this was like next level or like i guess if you've ever been like on a cave tour somewhere and your guide like turned off Turn the lights light, yep. like that is basically what it felt like with the exception of like this little lamp on my head that like truly like i, I could see the ground right like in front of my feet but that was all the more like benefit that i could get out of this light because it was just that dark and my light evidently was just not bright enough but uh, that's kind of yeah, like, like, I mean, we were talking about night riding, mountain biking yesterday. And, uh, you know, you ride with a bike, a light on your handlebar and a light on your helmet. So you can kind of see two positions. And yeah, if you just have like a normal headlamp, you can't see crap. You just like yeah. see the few trees in front of you. But yeah. You're kind of riding blind. Um, but I would imagine if you're running or, or hiking or whatever the hell you're doing, like any light would be good. Mm -hmm. But you're saying that it was just like. It was just that dark. So dark like, that it didn't matter. It wouldn't... Also, too, like, I was figuring... So, like, throughout the gear gathering process, when I was buying some of the stuff that I knew I would need, like, I figured, oh, like, whatever, like, you know, looks like a good deal on Amazon should be good enough. Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> definitely skimped there on uh, on the on the headlamp. So, 
you know, lesson learned for the future. But anyways, like that was just like a really neat portion there because it was also like so massive, like to be under there. Um, it wasn't like, like you know, no, whatever no. Is wide, wide open. No, so it was like it was totally wide open because like it used to be a nightclub back in the day. Oh, and that's so, crazy. Yeah, yeah. You said it was a bar. I just like assumed so, a little hole in the hole no, in the like, ground. Yeah, I, I definitely undersold it there. Like it was actually like a nightclub. So like, oh, that's cool. like you can look up pictures and like see like people down there, like, you know, on the big dance floor and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, just like a really neat portion of, of the race there. And so, um, anyways, we get out of there and we get back on the bike and we knew that this was going to be like this next section of the bike would be our longest. So at this you point, go, you just went to the bottom of the cave, essentially you got your hole punch and yep. booked it right and then back, came out. back out. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, uh, we, uh, we should have played rave music so that... Oh, that would have been great. That would have been have great. Have a bartender. Have some lights. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh, we, we knew then that the next portion would be our longest bike portion. So, like, when I, when I say longest bike portion, it was a total of... Like, we knew to expect roughly, like, 26 miles in total of biking. We knew that the next portion of biking would be about half of that distance. Okay. So we knew we were going to be in for it. And at this point, like it's getting, it's starting to get like a little bit later in the day. It's probably like, um, maybe like two o'clock at this point. Okay. So like we are starting to really kind of like push it in terms of the amount of time. So you were five hours in. We're five hours in. Yeah, three left. Yeah, exactly. Um, so been out there a long time and we knew we had a big biking portion coming up and, uh, we're out there going. We uh, we ended up like running into this other group of guys who we kind of rode with for a while, and uh, at one point we ended up getting separated because like my buddy and I were gonna go look for a different checkpoint and they were gonna go do something else that we didn't think was a good move. But anyways, um, we're going, we're going, and like it's getting to a point two where what is what are those conversations like? Are you all just uh, like I, I know you're being competitive like you want to win but I assume that you're out there just having a blast and you don't actually care like I I would say like at that point like these guys were it was a third place group okay. so like yeah there was some lighthearted conversations but like they also like you know were, were after it and wanted to win okay. too so um, you're, you're probably not revealing your full hand but no, you're uh, no laughing along okay. yeah totally totally like we're not we're not like necessarily like talking race strategy but like you know a little bit of like shooting the shit and then also just like truly huffing and puffing because like <laughs> it was this very long stretch on the bike and it's over like you know like you mentioned earlier like some pretty technical stuff like a lot of rocks a lot of roots and like just the sheer mileage that we were like going through at this point was was quite a bit and uh anyways brendan and i at this point we're both like starting to get dangerously low on water okay. uh, and unfortunately mm. like like we are out like in a pretty rural area at this point so like it was like you know what do we do here like we we actually did find out that the team who we were riding with at this point this other group of guys they actually had brought like filter. filter a filter so they were able to refill their bags mm. their like camelbacks at the lake with fresh water we didn't do that so like miss on our part there but what's also really neat about this particular area of bella vista is that 
the folks who live out there, like right on the trail system, some of them will leave out coolers with, with drinks in them. And so, you know, we're kind of just like banking on that. Like, all right, like we just got to find somebody with a cooler. Like it's totally a shot in the dark, but like it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, like as we're riding, we come up on a cooler, flip it open, full of water. And we're like, fuck yes. Like this is exactly what we needed. Like this is a freaking sign right here. So we go and like take a few. I think uh, we even like threw a few bucks in the cooler just okay. to like give a little thank you to to you know, like the person who lives there, and so that way they can you know go out and buy, buy water more, for yeah. the next person. Yeah. Well, we took the whole cooler, <laughs> no. threw it on the bike, yeah. Um, but actually, the thing about this particular stop that really made it great and so memorable was not the fact that we were able to like truly be saved and have more water. But there was a second cooler sitting out there, and we're like, "Huh, okay, like, what's in here?" And we flip it open; it's just a cooler full of Mountain Dew. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, I don't drink much pop, and definitely don't drink like Mountain Dew. But my buddy, he's like, "Dude, the sugar, that yeah. is that is what yeah. we need right here." Yeah. And so he and I both take a Mountain Dew, and we actually then decided to like just take a little break and uh, kind of kick back and enjoy it a little bit. And so we ended up each drinking like one and a half mountain days <laughs> just sitting there. But like, I'll tell you that like little rush from like the sugar, like I never really like had or like felt like a sugar high before, but I guess like, you know, when you're, I mean, isn't that what those gel packets are? It's pretty much just sugar. It's like carbs yeah. just to, just for your body it's, to burn just pure, in the next hour or so. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like I had, had some of those in the past, but like never really felt like as much of a, a benefit from them. But okay. like in an endurance race like this, like it truly made all the difference. Like oh, to bet. have a little I bit bet. of sugar. So anyways, you know, we're drinking these Mountain Dews and we're like, dude, like this, this is it. Like, and we're feeling like great afterwards. And so after that, we hop back on the bike and we know that like there's just a little bit further to go. And the rest of the, the portion here, I should also mention, like it was only biking that we had left okay. to do to end up like you know ultimately like getting back um and finishing the race and there were only like probably like five more checkpoints but what got really frustrating was that with these checkpoints like at this point we are as remote like as far away from the starting point as we would be during the race and what we found was that like whether it was due to like people messing with stuff or like there just being issues or miscommunications with the race team in some of these areas where we were expecting to find checkpoints, they just were not there. And like, mm -hmm. we even like ended up seeing some other teams and they'd be like running around trying to look for these checkpoints as well. Couldn't find them. And that like created, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of like, you know, some struggle, some strife, but like we talked with one of the race officials that we saw at one point and he was just like, you know, he had heard that like other teams, like, like, or, like when I say he had heard other teams, so there were other teams like in the same vicinity as us, and he was aware that like people could not find this checkpoint. So he like you know we asked him about it. He said, "Don't even worry about it. Just keep moving." We're like, huh. "Okay, awesome." So like we knew it wouldn't kind of get against us because like the checkpoint just like straight up was not there. And anyways, we eventually get to the point where we are like starting to make our way back to Bentonville and we knew that there would be some like big uphill climbs on our way back that way. 
and of course then like my my chain starts popping off oh my gosh you had to have a backup right well did not have a backup chain but fortunately the chain was not breaking it was just popping off like something was up with my gearing ratio and i'm like you have got to be kidding me like we have literally made it this far we only have like probably like five more miles to go and like we're trying to do these uphill like stints on we're actually on dirt road at this point so like off trail but like doing like gravel or dirt roads and like my freaking chain will just not stay on my bike and then like like you have got to be freaking kidding me like we are this close to the finish line this close and like just continue to have all of these issues well anyways like we eventually get there and like or like, I should say, like, get uphill. Push it up there. And, like at some points, I was just like having to walk my bike because it was like any like incremental stress that I would put on my bike when I was in like my lowest gear, it would just always like pop off. Gotcha. And so, gosh, yeah. So like, did like a little bit of like a field repair on my bike there, and uh, it was <clears throat> it was enough to get us to keep moving, and. Uh, Anyways, then we knew that the last few checkpoints were back in like the Bentonville area. So we're like, okay, like we just got to go and try to get those because at this point, like we only had about 30 minutes left in the race and we are still like, you know, a few miles from, from the like line. from the finish line. Okay. <clears throat> and so we, uh, we're, we're then like back in like the slaughter pin area where you and I were riding yesterday and, uh, um, like we're looking for these checkpoints and again, like having these issues, like where we can't find them. And we actually ran into this other team of uh, women who actually are like are part of like the women's mountain bike, like club out okay. here. So like, they're like all pretty serious, like all pretty good. And we actually asked them like, like, have you seen this checkpoint? Because we can't find it. And they were just like, no, like we, we can't find it either. And so then my buddy and I are just like, okay, like shit, like we got to go. Like we got to at least make sure that we finish this thing because the worst thing to happen would be like, we don't even cross the finish line yeah. within the yeah. like allotted eight hours. And at this point it is really probably like four thirty, probably a little bit after four thirty. And so we're like, all right, till five, right? Let's yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had till five. So we're like, oh, we just got to go. We just got to finish. And so we go then and just like bust our asses to get back to, to Bentonville and the finish line. And, and we eventually get there and uh, like, it was just so neat to, cross the finish line there like first of all like holy shit like we were just like literally moving like out racing adventuring for the past eight hours covered we actually ended up covering more than 40 miles so like crazy amount of ground covered and uh when we finished it was just the two of us finishing at the same time no other teams to distract no yeah, yeah. No, no other teams and it also made for like such a more intimate experience when we cross the finish line because like in the races that i've done in the past um like you know if you're doing a half marathon something like that i've done a few of those or like other road races like there's a bunch of people crossing the finish line at the same time and it's basically just like a okay like as as soon as you cross like you know go find like you know if somebody's there watching you go find them and then just like get to your car and like grab your things and like leave but here it was it was like my wife was there at the end. My buddy's fiance was right there too. And they were like, you know, cheering us on. We could see him as we were crossing. And like some of the race officials came up and like gave us a beer. They gave us another, <laughs> another burrito. So like second burrito of the day. Another and, Mountain uh, Dew, a beer. 
We uh, we actually did. We actually did. Get, <laughs> we actually did get another Mountain Dew when we finished. Uh, but, probably by choice. Probably the selection. Be like this was this one. So yeah, nice. yeah. But uh, but anyways, man. Yeah, like through all of that, like if you want to talk about some high quality fun, like adventure race is the way to go because like you know it's one of those things where with an adventure race like yes you can prepare but there's also just like so much that like you don't know is going like you don't know is like going to be part of the race until you get there and then also like during the race like as you could you know tell like shit goes wrong oh yeah and it's just all about like you know how you adapt overcome like biggest thing was just like you gotta like laugh through it can't take it too seriously one of my buddies always likes to say uh you know you can't like you you can't take life too seriously because you'll never make it out alive it's like (laughs) like you true that right yeah jesus christ we uh we i did like a tough butter or it was it was warrior dash and that was just like a 5k with obstacles in it but that was like nothing like a you know coordinates and whatnot um i want to have another episode on this we did a like a gambler event where you're doing a road rally and you mm-hmm. show up to random coordinates and do random mm-hmm. things but that's cool I, I had never heard of like an adventure race to this aspect um you so you guys actually finished within the eight hour time period and like you placed right yeah yeah so so yeah thanks for bringing me back there so it ended up being like i think our total finish time was around like seven hours and 50 minutes oh my god um so like you know we were, we were pushing it um and a lot of the teams didn't even finish but anyways we knew like based off of the amount of checkpoints that we got and then also talking with some of the other teams who were like some of the top finishers as well or like first ones to cross the, the finish line and knowing how many checkpoints they got like we, we knew we'd, we'd finish well mm-hmm. and uh we decided then, like, okay, like we gotta, we gotta stick around for this, like, you know, be here for the awards ceremony because you know we're thinking we're gonna turn out pretty good. Oh, and, so you uh, had no idea at this point. No, like because they, like they would, ha- like the race team would have to go and then collect like the the checkpoint ah, punch cards from each somebody, team. You might have saw other teams ahead of you, but they could have been scored Missing, way below you. Right, because like they, ah, they may okay. have missed more checkpoints than us. Okay. And so it then was a was a process uh, and a period for the race officials to collect the punch cards from everybody, take note of the time that everyone finished. Actually like honestly, probably less than twenty five percent of the teams that entered like even crossed the finish line. Oh my god! Within eight hours, so like a lot of a lot of teams like didn't even finish or like didn't even didn't even get back to like the the start and finish area until like well beyond eight hours. So did that immediately disqualify was, them or yeah it did? Wow! Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! So like for all of those people, um, or like you know really f- for the entire uh, like you know race crew like everybody who was racing um you know we then have to wait to get final scores and it it took them a while they also did some other like awards things and like they kind of made like a little like festival out of it in downtown bentonville so like there was some other entertainment and whatnot but uh anyways it came time for the award ceremony and uh did you get a chance like i assume during all this like while you're waiting for the the big hype of the announcement Mm -hmm. uh 
are you getting a chance to bullshit with all the different other teams? Oh yeah, yeah. And any so, any like, like notable notable stories from those groups? I I don't think so. Like it basically like a lot of the stories were everybody else had issues with like finding checkpoints that we couldn't find. Okay. So it allowed us to know that, or at least feel pretty confident that we would like be finishing pretty well. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, like award ceremony came out then and, uh, we ended up taking home third place. So we were pretty, we were, we were pretty stoked about it. You know, first ever adventure race, um, like considering everything that like happened during, like again, like with the little miscues and chains popping off and whatnot, like we said, okay. Um, however though, like those first and second place teams, like the set, the team that came in second place, it was the, like the, the father son dude okay. who was a little bit ahead of us. And like, they definitely like, th- they beat us for sure. The team who won, it was these two women who we did not see on the course the entire time. And so we're like, how? oh, it wasn't even the girls that you, you no, saw mountain biking. Was, okay. This totally separate group. Mm. And like, at one point, like, we had chatted with them a little bit, like, oh, like, you know, congrats, like, you know, where, where'd you find the checkpoints? They were just, like, nothing, like, ever came with the conversation. They were just kind of like, oh, yeah, like, you know, yeah, we got that one there, yeah, yeah. Very we're like, vague. okay, oh. like, how did you find it? But nobody else could freaking find it. So, anyways, that leaves Brennan and I in a, in a position where we're like, first place is ours next year. <laughs> so you are going to do it again. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's it was, great. Like, such an awesome experience like i have not done any more adventure races like that since we did that uh back in april but like one of the like coolest like competitive uh like activities that i've done ever and it was like so much fun versus like just doing like the road races like the road races are great don't get me wrong but with this where it truly is a lot more of just like digging deep and like also being out there in nature because like there were like probably vast majority of the race like it was just my buddy and I out there like running through the woods or biking through the woods and it was just like such a such an awesome freaking experience I love that I love like the I like the team element of it too where you're just like you pushing guys are each other. pushing your yeah. heads together to try to figure this out yeah. you know pulling each other forward that that's really cool. I I I haven't heard of a lot of races like that. Um, I know there's there's something over in Europe where it's like Hell Mountain or something, and I watched mm. a video of this. They literally start in the snowy peaks and they mountain bike all yeah. the way to the bottom of the yeah. Thing. I've and seen the, that too. The starts like hundreds of people wiping wiping out, sliding everywhere. But that's that's I don't know that that came to mind. But that's not the same, right? You're just going down to the bottom, guided finish line. There's no coordinates. You're not like you know, fighting the elements. Yeah. Um, that's sweet. So you did that last fall? Last April. So only... Oh, okay, you got... Well, like s- seven months ago. You gotta get trained, man. I know, I gotta... Yeah, I gotta get back on it, yeah. Um, fortunately, you know, weather here in Arkansas is, is, is pretty good throughout the winter months, um, you know, versus being in Ohio and Michigan, where I was previously, so it makes it a lot easier then to, to get out and, and train, like whether I'm running or biking all through, like... December, January, February. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm anxious to get back out there and, and, and 
get back on it to make sure that I come home with number one next year. They probably do a lot of the same. Do you know, do you know if anybody who finished uh, had done that before? Like, I, I would have to imagine that it's always the same concept, but they mix up the points and, uh, you know, they tweak it so it's a unique experience for everyone coming back. Yeah, yeah. Great question. That was actually not something that came up in conversation. Uh, like, whether any other teams had done adventure races before. However, with regard to this particular race, this actually was the very first year ah, that they did it. So, okay. like, it was everybody's first time doing this particular adventure race. And that probably led to a lot of the, the mishaps with the checkpoints oh, and whatnot. Yeah. I'm oh, sure yeah. the, the organizers learned a ton as well. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they were super receptive of feedback, um, like, on, you know, how they can improve next year. And, you know, just, like, in the spirit of adventure racing, I'm sure that it's going to be totally different, right? Because, like, you know, wouldn't be quite fair to the rest of the folks if they were to just the like, thing, yeah. do the same thing over again. Um, Always include yeah, the, um, the cave diving, obviously. I, that, like, element being so unique, I, yeah, they're not going to do away with that. That'll, <laughs> that'll definitely stay. But, uh, yeah, man, like, just overall, like, phenomenal 10 out of 10 experience. And, uh, yeah, there were a lot of moments there that, like, freaking sucked but looking back on it now has without a doubt been one of the neatest like like physical challenges that i've done in my life yep that's the that's the whole premise of this uh the show is like people signing up for grueling experiences and uh you know it might have sucked at the time but you're going to talk about it forever because it's so unique yep um well, awesome. I mean, is there anything else that comes to mind that, that you would want to share on that event? Uh, I, I'm always going to try to summarize these these episodes to let you share anything about yourself. I don't know if you, yeah. you got anything going on you want to share before we close this up. I, just one thing that I would leave for the audience. Uh, I would say, you know, this doesn't even necessarily relate to just like the adventure race piece, but going back to what I had mentioned at the beginning of the episode about how like I, you know, had never really done much running, but I'd seen my other buddies going out and doing like half marathons and then marathons. Like I never thought that that would be something that I could do, but I decided, you know what? Like I believe in myself. I can do this. And like was able to accomplish these feats that I never thought I would be tackling in my life. And so I would just say like, you know, don't ever, don't ever doubt yourself or think that you're not capable of doing something because like if you put in, you know, like the time and effort to plan out how exactly you're going to train and then, you know, be disciplined, stick to it. Like you can, you can accomplish those goals and like you can, you can get it done. I, I confidently, confidently believe that, Anybody can do it. And even if, like, I'll even say this, like, a lot of people get just decision paralysis where, like, I feel like if you did not finish that race or if you had a mishap halfway through, it would still be something you would talk about because... Oh, totally. Like, I mean, who cares if you... experience, right? Yeah, who cares if you failed 25 miles in, like... You know, that was still, like, really cool and something you got to do with your buddy that no one else has done. Yep, yep, exactly. You know, life is all about 
the and journey. Like, you weren't really in risk at any point. You had your phone. You could get out of there. You could, you know. Hey, uh, wife, come pick me up. <laughs> right, right. Bring me a burrito. That's yeah. that's really cool. I I really appreciate you sharing it. I hope the uh, hope the audience enjoys it. Um, we'll just go ahead and end there, unless you got anything else you want to share about yourself before we uh, close this up. I'm good. I appreciate you having me, and uh, you know, just thankful that you and Chelsea and the girls made the trip down here to Arkansas to see us. Hell yeah! Let's watch some football and uh, enjoy the rest of this week together. Go Lions.